Texas Prison Story family, salute y'all. It's your boy Tim Snow, back here with another one, man. And uh, I'm finna give y'all arriving at Beaumont Media in part three. Been, been a little while since I did part one and part two, but they're pretty popular and it's kind of a big time in my life. So I'm gonna go ahead and knock it out for y'all, all right? Hope y'all enjoy this one. In part one, I was just getting there. First time in the federal system, not knowing what's going on, not knowing who to talk to, nothing. My first cellmate was a white guy. They told me I couldn't live with him. I had to move. And that's what it was, y'all. Uh, part two. I told y'all about getting in a cell. In there with the man that did not like having cellmates. He hated having cellmates. And that was a guy that I had to go in there with, y'all. So I'm going to explain to you a little bit about how he did that and ran people off and stuff like that. Because he never one time said, hey, Tim Snow, you got to go. It was nothing like that, man. The man was way more creative than that. And I'll tell you about some of the weird shit he did. It's literally my second day in there now. When the homies from Houston and everybody, they talked to the counselor. Our counselor name was Miss Glass. We had a cool lady in Q8. Anybody that's been to Q8, they know Miss Glass is a good person. She tries to work with you. She don't work against you. You know what I mean? So we hollered at Miss Glass real quick. She got me to move and moved me up into the only empty cell. Okay, here's the crazy part. That guy that didn't like nobody in there, he used to work with Miss Glass all the time, okay? He was the guy that passed out the uh, soap, the brooms, the mop bucket, stuff like that, signing list, and he got the job from Miss Glass. She's the one that gave it to him. And he had a little bit of pool, so that's how he was able to stay in his single cell. She would let him do it, you know what I mean? No problem. And uh, there was always room. But check this out. If somebody needed to go in his cell, she had to do what she had to do, and now they had to go. And he'd always get upset, so here comes Tim on his second day. The damn white dude from Galveston having to come in his cell, and you can see it all on his face that he's unhappy as heck. And the first thing the man says to me when we locked down for the very first time, have you ever been in prison? And I tell him, yeah, two times, man, to the state. He says, not to the feds? I said, no, nah, the state. He said, well, that shit don't even count then. And when he said that, man, I was kind of like uh, slightly insulted. He said, that don't even count. Like what I wasted them years or whatever, you know what I mean? But yeah, okay, whatever. I'm still listening, you know what I mean? It's kind of being weird. And I asked him, how long has he been gone? He said he'd been gone about seven years and that he was from Utah. I said, okay, cool, cool. And he asked me how long I had. And I told him I was just passing through. When I told him I was just passing through, he got me. He looked at me crazy. What do you mean just passing through? I said, homie, I got us three years, man. I ain't trying to take over nothing, run nothing, do nothing. I said, I'm trying to do my little time and go home. And he said, all right, that's a good answer, man. Cool. He said, have a good night, Sally. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And then he rolled over and went to sleep, man. You know, being since my second day in the prison and stuff, I'm with a second Sally in two days. I did not fall asleep right away. I was kind of a little nervous, kind of anxious, peeping out the window, just... You know, seeing what's going on, man, it's laying in the bunk. And I ended up drifting off, okay? When I drift off in the middle of the night, I wake up, I hear something. And I wake up and see this guy scrubbing the toilet about 2 in the morning. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? He's scrubbing the toilet at 2 in the morning? But I don't say nothing. I don't even let him know I'm awake. I just look, close my eyes back. Then I hear him start sweeping the floor. Two in the morning, sweeping the floor, okay? Then, 
he starts wiping the walls. I'm like, oh man, this is crazy. But I just played possum the whole time. All right, I don't say shit. Next morning when I wake up, don't say nothing either. Just act like it's totally normal. Okay. Then I do my whole day. I'm talking about the whole day. Just kind of uh, go to chow. That was my second day. I don't think I went to rec. Not at all. Watched a little bit of TV. And almost nobody talked to me. Like literally, it was just a long day. Where nobody bothered me. Nobody talked to me. Almost nothing. Just watching TV. I was like, wow, okay. So about like half of the day. I'd say about 1 o'clock. I stopped one of the Houston guys that was walking past. And I say, homie, what's up, man? I say, everything cool? I say, y'all y'all quiet, man. You know what I'm saying? I say, what's going on? And he said, yeah, everything's cool, homie. We're just trying to get in touch with Squat. And I say, yeah. He said, you know Squat, right? And I check this out, y'all. There's a man from, there was two men, actually, from my neighborhood. Little Mike McAfee, shout out to him. And Squat. Both of those guys did 10 pieces over there in Beaumont, and they were OGs, man. Like, everything I heard about them dudes was so legit, it was crazy. Getting money, doing everything they were supposed to be doing right. Made me real proud when I heard about those guys, man. But they're telling me that they got to call Squat to check on me. So now when they're telling me this, I'm just kind of in my inside just laughing. You know what I mean? It's like, uh... Yeah, moment. You know what I mean? Because honest to God, Squat, me and him played Little League football together, man. Second grade, third grade. We went to elementary school together. Junior high. Our big brothers was best friends. He was best friends with my big brother, too. So uh, the manager about to call and check on me is going to tell y'all, y'all better take good care of me. And I'm knowing what he's going to say, man. So I'm kind of laughing but not saying anything. You know what I mean? So when they tell me all that, I kind of just go on about my day again. And uh, that kind of eased all worries. Listen, <laughs> nothing else to worry about. Y'all calling a man, I know that's going to say something good about me because I love him. And I know he damn was like family when he was growing up. So that's just what it was. You know what I mean? I finished out my day. We racked down at 8 o'clock at night again. So here we go. Me and this weird-ass guy again. We got to be in here. First thing we do, stand and count. You got to do your count. Okay, jump up on my bed, and I tell him straight up, hey, Sally, I'm tired, man. I'm fixing to go to sleep. I'll see you tomorrow. He said, okay, Sally, see you later too, man. And that was it. Lights out. Okay, when we wake up in the middle of the night, same stuff, second day. I see him scrubbing the toilet, sweeping the floor, and wiping the walls for the second time straight. So this time I just straight up say, hey, Sally, man, what's up, man? What you doing? He said, I ain't doing nothing, Sally. I said, man, you doing something? What are you doing, man? I just wondered. He said, oh, yeah, I'm just cleaning, man. I just like a clean cell. I do it all the time. Don't worry about it. I said, oh, okay. Uh, I appreciate that, Ken. I like a clean cell, too. Sally, no problem. I'm going back to sleep. And I rolled back over thinking this dude is fucking burned up, man. This is the weirdest guy I've ever seen clean a cell five times a day almost in the middle of the night too. So after the second night of living with this guy, I go holler at the homie from Galveston and just tell him what's going on, man. Straight up. Say, hey, man, this guy's getting weird, man. He's cleaning the cell in the middle of the night, man. What am I supposed to do? eBay from Galveston kind of laughed at me, man. And he said, that dude's weird like that all the time. He does it to everybody. He knew it was going to happen. 
He said, we knew that was going to happen. Tim, he said, but that was the only cell open, man. He said, but there is one more cell that just opened up up there with Glenn Ray. He said, go ask Glenn Ray, can you move in with him, man? He'll let you move in with him. And the problem will be done. God will have a cell to himself and you'll have a good cell, he tell I'll say, really? Okay. Glenn Ray, that's the guy I need to go talk to then. So I'm like, who the hell is Glenn Ray? He pointed me up to a cell, so that's where I go. All right, you got a picture of these uh, federal day rooms, too. Listen, there's stairs on the right, stairs on the left. Go up one, go down another. Usually, like, some Mexicans will sit by one stair, some whites maybe by the other, something like that, okay? So, uh, me not knowing anything about Glenn Ray other than his name, and they're telling me what cell he's in. I'm walking up there to see. I'm looking at his cell, and he's not there, okay? Me not knowing Glenn Ray the whole time was sitting in the day room watching me do this, okay? I look in his cell. He's not there. I look around, and I'm going, damn, man, I wish he was here. So I walk down, and as I walk down, I'm asking somebody, hey, man, who's Glenn Ray? Where's he at? And Glenn Ray was walking up the other stairs, getting the hell away from me. That's what he was doing. So I'm like, damn. I try to go get him. He starts walking faster. He didn't even want to talk to me. I'm like, this is crazy, man. So he goes in the cell, shuts the door, puts the paper up. And when somebody goes in the cell, puts the paper up, that means don't bother them. So he goes in and puts the paper up. I'm just standing out the door like, damn, this is whack. You know what I'm saying? It's real whack, okay? But uh, this is this is where you're at when you're the new man. Guy don't want you in a cell. This guy don't want you in a cell. You ain't got no place to go. You're like a child asking now, okay? So literally... I go back downstairs and I said, I'm going to catch that supper sometime today. I'm going I'm to make him tell me yes or no. And I had a feeling that he was going to tell me yes, but he didn't even want to have that conversation. But I was going to catch him. You know what I mean? So that's what that's where I'm at right now. All right. So it's going to be like my third or fourth day here, literally, that I'm chasing Glenn Ray around the day room. Don't know what else to do. People are probably seeing it and laughing. They're knowing what's going on. They knowing I'm in a cell with a guy that don't want me there. They're just waiting to see how I handle it. You know what I mean? Plain and simple. So I go back upstairs, walk me a couple laps around the other day room. When I get on my by my third lap, as a short, light-skinned black dude, he kind of goes, Psst. hey, homie. I turn around and go, what's up? He say, somebody told me you was rolling 60. I say, yeah. I say, wow, what's up? And he rolled up his sleeve. And right there said a big 6-0 with South Park bell mark right there, big as heck. And I say, oh, okay, cuz, that's what's up. So let me holler at you then, man. He said, cool. He got a chair. I pulled it up and sat it right next to him. That was the homie Rico from Southwest Houston. From that day on, it was the homie Rico that took me by the belt loop, man, and said, get your stupid ass over here. And sit down, Tim, and I'm about to lace you up with everything. And that's what he did, man. Like, honest to God, in a place where everybody's weird, secretive, don't like you knowing nothing, don't want to tell the new guy nothing, Rico laced me up right there on everything, man. And I'm talking about day number three or four. I'm knowing what's happening, man. It's pretty rare, you know what I mean? But I sure appreciate and love him for it. Now I'm over here with Rico, okay? And I'm telling him, young cuz, man, this dude on the cell... It's weird, man. He don't want me in there. I don't want to be in there. I say, but the other guy's running from me, man. He won't even go talk to me. I said, I don't know what to do, man. I'm strained up. And he said, what? He said, are you serious? 
You say, hold on, man. Just wait right here. I'll be right back. And I didn't know what he meant. I said, all right, man. So look, Rico go down to the closet where the guy works, sells the mops and stuff. He tells me he needs to talk to him. Then he goes and gets Glenn Ray. I said, I need to talk to you too, man. Then he comes and gets me. All four of us go inside of Glenn Ray's cell, okay? And I ain't knowing what's fixing to happen right now. Okay, so here we are, four men in this cell. And I'm like, brand new. I don't even know how well these guys know each other or nothing. Okay, Rico dead ups on that big man from Utah. And asked him straight point blank, hey man, what's your problem with this dude right here? And the guy straight up said, man, I've been in jail too long. I don't want no celly, especially not no white one, homie. He needs to get out of my cell. That's what he told Rico. Hey, when he told Rico that, man, I seen Rico's eyes tighten up. I seen that boy start shaking like, man, Rico was so fucking mad. He told that dude, he said, listen, man, Tim is a 6-0. He's from Galveston riding with the Houston car, and this is a Texas prison. If anybody ever leaves a fucking cell around here, it'll be you. You'll get the fuck out first, man. He said, but I do not want my man living with somebody like you. Glenn Ray, we need him to come in here, man. And he just looked at Glenn Ray. And I didn't know at the time, man, but Glenn Ray was one of the realest cats I ever met in my life, man. And he straight up said, man, I didn't realize y'all was having no problem like that, homie. He said, of course, you can come in here. He said, but Rock's coming in here, so you got to go talk to Rock. And I'm like, shit. Everybody looking at each other like, damn. We didn't even know about this. <laughs> so, the big guy from Utah, he's feeling played because, man, Rico's small. And he just checked this dude to the fullest. And he said, well, we done? Rico said, we're done. He said, all right. And he left out of there. Then here comes Rico going to get Rock. He said, I'm going to go get Rock. Comes in. I don't even know who Rock is. Rock comes in. He looks like a damn bodybuilder. He said, Rock, man, we're having a big problem, man. And you're one of the coolest guys on this prison. Can you help? And I'm thinking, damn, big-ass Rock is one of the coolest guys in this prison? And Rock said, what's up, Rico? He said, my new man right here, man, needs a place to stay. And you're supposed to be moving in. Can he have a cell? Rock said, is it a problem? Rico said, it's kind of a problem. Then Rock said, of course he can. Man, I don't give a fuck. I'll stay down there, man. I just wanted to come up here and get away from traffic. Ain't no big deal. And Rock gave me the cell, man. And right there, it was cool. I moved in, and me and Glenn Ray rocked out. The very next day, they got in contact with Squad in the Free World. And man, it was like I had been there for 100 years already. There was nothing I couldn't get. Nothing they was holding back from me. And it was the real deal, man. You know what I'm saying? So, shout out to Larico, because he's the one that... Uh, Kind of pushed that line and put me where I needed to be. And for the rest of my time in there, he always kept me sharp, man. And I'm going to tell y'all a lot more about this guy, too. And he's going to come on the channel a lot, man. So, uh, Texas Prison Stories, that's how I got to myself. It wasn't easy and it wasn't no fun. But the homie fixed it for me, I guess. Shout out to him, man. Glenn Ray G. Nut too. Much love, y'all. Tim Snow, Texas Prison Stories. I'll do part four next week.